Hi, I'm Marco Sparks. And I'm Benjamin Light. Welcome back to Bros Watch PLL2. We're back. S1E3 Aftermath. The cleverly titled third episode of Pretty Little Liars Original Sin on HBO Max for now. <laughs> Until David Zaslav gets a look at the budget. I've yet to see any actual ratings for this show. I've seen it's like, no. oh, it's number one in like Twitter impressions for new shows. It's like, okay. Yeah. Do do a lot of the streaming shows really share? Because Netflix always has like goofy numbers. Yeah. And I guess because it's streaming, like HBO, HBO, you can get some sort of ratings for it. But yeah, because it's pure streaming, it's there. there's like independent, uh, you know, firms out there that try to do some sort of estimation based on like, you know, it's like, well, their, their Twitter engagements and like how popular their subreddit is. And like, I, I guess Nielsen can theoretically like do some sort of research into that, but yeah, it's, it's a little vague. I'm sure I mean, HBO like, Max knows exactly how well the show is doing. Of course it they do. seems I've yet to see anything from them. That's really crowing about the show though. No, they yeah. don't seem all that throw. And again, I mean, it, it may get renewed. The HBO model is to, like the show of confidence. Oh, the you know the first episode air, the second episode air, yeah. whatever. We're renewing the show already. Yeah, I mean it may still get renewed, but like people are like, well, because David Zaslav didn't announce that it was canceled during the earnings call, I guess we're guaranteed a season two. It's like I would, I would just wait and be patient. You know, I'm not entirely sure he he knows this show exists yet. Yeah, yeah. Also, the I don't know the more I read about. The tax write-off on Batgirl. It's fascinating. It's fascinating because it's like it sounds like they're screwing themselves out of seventy million dollars to make twenty million dollars. And as I understand it, if they ever monetize, so they ever release that movie, well, then it goes on the books. Yeah, well, they have to pay back mm-hmm. the money. Yeah, with probably a penalty. <laughs> it's just fucking insane. I mean, I don't think there's ever been a movie this big before that's been like completely deep six like that. Yeah. Well, but like. What's your argument? Like, like I've heard things like, "Oh, they didn't think it looked very good." It's like it's a ninety million dollar movie. What I've heard is that how it, bad can it, it look? It looked like a TV show and not a movie, and they want something. They want big event films. So mm-hmm. I don't know. Well, this is not the Batgirl podcast. All right, Peter Batgirl. Remember when Joss Whedon was going to direct that? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Remember when Joss Whedon's going to do a Wonder Woman? Way back in the day, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Aftermath. Um, this was supposed to be the good one. Was it Marco? Nope. Oh, oh no. Nope. I actually, I'm going to be hours only time this time to watch it. I'm going to be honest. I loved it. I watched it twice. I'm lying. I didn't mm. watch it twice. I did not love it. Um, it's man. I just don't like the way the show is made. I don't know how to put it any, any better than that. No. Do so we have any, uh, follow-ups or corrections? Um, not really that i saw like i've seen a lot of the responses are like uh you know i don't hate this show as much as you guys do but i'm I'm really 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 loving the podcast that's nice and it's and it's like that thank you please elaborate what are you enjoying i would I'm, i would genuinely like to know i i feel like the show is doing a little bit of a jj abrams thing where they're just kind of like rushing through certain stuff so fast and like laying on the tropes heavy that it might feel like a propulsive, engaging show, even though it's not actually. I guess that would be my read on it. 
Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, thank you to everyone for writing in. I plan on going through all the emails. I've, I've read them and I plan on actually trying to respond to some of them, but just been very busy lately. Uh, yeah, so speaking of the contest, we mm-hmm. never announced the end date. Sorry about that. Let me actually pull up my phone and look at, at the date. But uh, we're recording this on a Monday and the following Monday, which is... The 8th. Well, today is the eighth. Next Monday is the uh, the fifteenth yes. of of August. That is your last day to enter to win Prillo Liars, the original series on digital. Um, contact us by then again via Twitter, via email, via Instagram. Let us know if you're in on the show. Let us know your dumbest a theory, and for bonus points, throwing a throwing a picture of trouble. Yeah, if you own a copy of My Name Is Trouble or Trouble Also Finds Me on print or ebook edition send us a, a photo or a screenshot or whatnot and get some you know extra points in the raffle there yeah so at the end of episode four we will announce some winners mm-hmm. um i did want to call out let me see if i can find this i think it was sarah here mm-hmm. <laughs> this pitch for like a like a is groovy little liars it's like this like late 60s like pll show it's kind of entertaining um do you want to do it now or at the end of the episode? Yeah, we'll, we'll save it for the end of the episode, but I, I enjoyed it. it. It felt much more in the spirit of Pretty Little Liars than this show, that's for sure. Excellent. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we've gotten some good emails. Um, honestly, I don't know. I feel like I feel like the Reddit from like six years ago, but some of some of PLO's fans could could do a better show than <laughs> than yeah. the current showrunners of, of the original series. Oh, it's questionable right. whether or not the people making the show have actually seen Pretty Little Liars. Or just like red recaps about it. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, let's dive into Aftermath. Um, one one last, it's not really a follow-up, but just a, a reminder. Because as I, as I began to watch this episode, I was baffled by the characters' reactions to things. Mm-hmm. Uh, the A text was, to thine own self be true, one bully down, five more to go, keep quiet about me or you're next. When that popped in the last episode, I guess I didn't interpret it as a threat because it's kind of like... I killed one person, you're next. Keep quiet about me or you're next. And so I guess I, the whole keep quiet about me part like didn't register to me. Because in this episode when they're like, oh, we have to do what A says. I'm like, what the fuck? What are you talking about? Well, it's it's kind of a mixed message. Yeah. One bully down, five to go. That implies the five of you are going down. Mm-hmm. Keep quiet about me or you're next. So so what is the what is the incentive here? To just live the longest? Yeah. It's like, well, you've already said we're next. So, oh, I keep quiet about you or I'm next, but you already said I was next. So, yeah. Yeah. Oh, so you're going to kill this person instead of me? I mean, but on the other hand, they're not actually friends. So, yeah, maybe it is a game of who can survive the longest. Mm -hmm. Uh, There's definitely a moment in this episode that is very anti-PLL to me. Oh, I can't wait to hear about it. So we start off the bloody face of uh, Kelly or Karen, whatever. I have thoughts about that later. Cool. Um, yeah. Imogen here acting like she's fucking Tom Hanks on Omaha Beach here. Like they're doing the whole like like high pitched noise and like slow mo, like like somebody just got their arm blown off next to her or something, you know. It's, I don't know. It's a little much. This show is all like aping styles that it's seen mm-hmm. elsewhere without earning really them. any without earning them or without them really even fitting. But yeah, for some reason, it's like Imogen, Tabby's like, Imogen, we have to go, we have to get out of here. Uh, I don't know why everyone has to run. It's, I don't, it's like a chick killed herself, like nothing else is happening, you know. Um, 
Kelly is or Karen is crying over the body of her sister. Uh, Karen's chip in the background is like grabbing his head, like, oh my God, oh my God. Um, and so they all just run away and they're like, wow, her bones, they made noises. And Imogen here is like, they're like, what did you oh. see, Imogen? And she's like, I, I, she was up there. Like, it takes her a while to be like, oh, some guy pushed her. He murdered her. Like, I don't know why this isn't the first thing she says. I can't tell in this episode especially comparing to me like two scenes later, if Imogen is written poorly or if this is like subtly revealing that she's guilty or she's behind something. You know what? You're a little bit ahead of me in my notes, but I have a little game I thought we could play called. Well, can I, can I just say sure. quick? Mm-hmm. I don't want to lose this, this, the stupidest character mm-hmm. and the silliest line when mouse says, I've never seen a dead body before, except online. <laughs> just on watch people die. Yeah. So I thought we could maybe play a little game in some of these, some of these scenes called uh is it a clue or is it bad writing yeah yeah i think this might be bad writing here um we get tabby has to drop references to carry no shit and then um what's the Jimmy other mix one two. texas Jimmy chainsaw two. massacre they're like oh yeah we've all seen that weird guy who looks like leatherface that's strange yeah. that must be yeah. a yeah so They've all seen him, blah, blah, blah. Uh, Karen's well, been El- murdered. El- and Imogen's like, oh, yeah, I think Karen is murdered. It's like, why didn't she lead with that? I don't know. Yeah. Well, I, is it the, sh- the quote unquote shock? I, I don't know. Yeah. Um, so Noah gets home, also in shock. Her mother's worried, says the hospital called, they need her to come in. Oh, my God, what happened? They need me to come in. Like, it, it's one person, though. Is this yeah. a rush on the hospital staff? It's not like a like COVID outbreak. And, or and the person's dead. Like, there's not, what, what do you need to come in for? Uh, it's not like she fell on 20 other people. Yeah. Or like, like was there like a, a stampede for the door? A bunch of people got crushed or, or something? Is it just the usual Friday night Millwood mm-hmm. meth party? Yeah. <laughs> so uh, kind of bad batch. Um, so, yeah. yeah so all she, these, all these shots are kind of like, it's like this, like, like, horizontal tracking shot like through each yeah. frame as we cut from like parent to parent the lighting in these scenes i just don't understand i don't, I don't know why this they were like this is the style we want everything looks gross and disgusting i really started to notice in this episode that the uh the actors with uh, a little bit darker skin than uh mm-hmm. bailey madison come off just looking fucking green in a lot of these shots like there's shots mm-hmm. where like tabby and um, noah just look green i'm like what are you doing to your actors yeah yeah it's it's kind of eschewing the uh bisexual dream lighting of the other girls' homes from last week to something a little more dingy and very smoky yeah oh, it's, homes, it's it's constantly like a, like a hazy casino. it's hazy and there's constant backlighting everywhere it's like all is very dim in the foreground with like hazy lighting in the background uh, like mouse's house especially it looks like absurd it's like these yeah. like weird red lamps and red chairs like what the fuck is this yeah, so we see in part of this kind of little almost a montage is like Farron's getting home or dad Zeke is asleep in front of the TV. So the parents are divorced there, right? I, I guess either divorced or separated or whatever. I think it, Zeke is now my favorite character. He just fell asleep watching like ESPN or something. And I, I, I'd rather be doing that than watching this show. Uh, what I love about Zeke is that after the uh, big dramatic thing that we're leading up to at the end of the episode... Everyone's like, we're going for pizza, except for you, Zeke. Yeah. <laughs> pizza for you. You um, want to hang out with him? 
Yeah, he might, he's my favorite character now. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so when Mouse gets home, her mom's have found out that something happened to dance and she lies and says, oh, we left early and we get pizza. Why? Which should have been Why? should have been the mom's first clue because they should have been like, Mouse, you don't have friends. Yeah, well, like, what is motivating this lie? They can't be like, oh my God, a girl killed herself at school. Yeah. Like, this is like, I had to pause it like immediately when I started watching just be like, I don't understand why they're lying. I don't understand why they can't at least say this is what happened. I mean, I guess they 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 have some skin in the game, somewhat, so they feel guilty. Just, but you're right; it's not it's not as clear cut as it was on the original. PLL. The construction just isn't there to really hold together. Yeah. So we get to Tabby's house where Imogen and Tabby are sitting at the table of Sharon Leal, who's like kind of upstaged in this episode by Farron's mom as like the lead mom. I guess so. Degree. I mean, like she's the. Um... You know, if you're going to throw your car keys to one of them, who's going to drive all four of them to the party? It's definitely Farron's mom who catches the keys. She's, you know? she's the like getting shit done mom mm-hmm. for, for a certain Yeah, when, when, she's she the shows up, Hastings. when she shows up later, I was kind of like, I, I I think I'd rather just be watching the, the like the Pittsburgh lawyer show that she's on yeah. rather than this nonsense. Well, like it just made me think about how poor her scene was in that first episode, that throwaway mm-hmm. Pittsburgh scene. Yeah. Uh, so Imogen and Tabby are sitting there at the table with Sharon Leo, and she's like, This is Karen, the girl who got you two in trouble. And they like Tabby and Imogen are looking at each other like, Oh, we can't, we can't tell her anything. Um, so they're saying that the, the others are saying that she did it on purpose, maybe it was an accident, and Sharon Leo's like having flashbacks to the death of Angela Waters, and she's like, oh, poor girl, and her family. Oh, God. And then this Twin Peaks bullshit as we cut to the sheriff's house. Eric Johnson's just on one. He's doing his own thing here. Eric Johnson, there's a couple scenes where he is clearly not just hungry. He is starving, and they are giving him the shittiest scenes to feast upon. He has a couple moments where I'm like, is he breaking right now? It looks like he's almost smiling. Like, yeah, he's just like he's dining out so much on these lines. Yeah, I just I wonder like was he on the set of the Nick, just like staring at uh, uh what's his name, um oh god what's his name what's the doctor in the Nick uh Clive Owen was he just staring at Clive Owen and just being like I want to beat you mm-hmm. I don't know how but I want to beat you yeah he's like in the sheriff's house he's like pacing and questioning Kelly about what Karen was doing up there and Kelly suggests that maybe Karen killed herself. And then in that, like, well, the he, disgusting... he immediately goes to like, why would you say that? Did somebody do something to her? Did something happen to her? It's like, okay. Yeah, because the writing will take you there. Yeah. But like the most gross bastardization of what Grace Zabriskie did in Twin Peaks, the mother lets out this Riverdalian scream of exaggerated anguish. As the they're doing this like close up, like kind of shaky blur around the edges. Like yeah. it's like it's like this almost supernatural moan. I found this very distasteful personally. The way that the mother, that uh, Martha Beasley here is portrayed in these scenes, it's like, oh my god, look at that gross, cringy mom who's grieving. Like, isn't it creepy and weird? And it's just like, how like do you expect me to empathize with any any of the situations that are happening here when you're treating everything like a joke? Like it's just like fodder for your like lame horror attempt. I just found this family to be the most Riverdalian thing. I, They're I not like real people. Have... I, I I care nothing about what's going on. And it just seems incredibly tacky to me to be like, wow, isn't this mother's grief creepy? Like, I feel like we got the same beats in the mother of like Cheryl in the first season of Riverdale. 
Yeah, probably. Um, so back to Tabby's house, like Sharon Lee was like doing the dishes or something at the sink, like staring at her own reflection in the dark window across from her, having a flashback. 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 To 1999 is the five original sinners are meeting for pizza after Angela Waters' death, basically getting their story straight or whatever. And then they really belabor this point of like, we're not going to bother calling an ambulance. Somebody else will. And then later on, they, they hammer over and over again. Oh, her body was there for two days. This must be important. I don't know. Like they're like, they're really putting a pin in like, Hey, her body was undiscovered for several days. Yeah. So like, it's going to be like, maybe Angela's still alive or something else happened before the body was found. I don't know. Well, like, what? I mean, what is the? Are we, are we saying that she like had a baby? Is is a the baby? I don't know. Yeah. What stupid theory supposed to get. But also, I don't think they get how murkily unclear that prologue and the pilot was as to where they were and everything. Obviously, that's this warehouse raid. Mm-hmm. But like, I don't think you would be crazy to still be belaboring under the impression that that was like a school sanctioned dance yeah the the way it was shot was very strange yeah um, so back in the present Sharon Leal appears to be having like a panic attack remembering this she's not taken to the bathtub with a warm razor but no. she's having a panic attack so then it's time for another zoom call where everyone's on their their iPads and their laptops or whatever and discussing like oh the guy in the mask you know it's what if karen and then even jen's like guys what if karen didn't frame us what if it wasn't her and those weird serial killer videos that got sent to all of us like wow you think you think maybe that wasn't karen yeah so you know she's like you know when the sheriff finds the bucket uh he'll just assume that she she was playing a prank and fell uh or or, or maybe farron saying that but like is farron like a psychopath i i have no handle on farron's character at all she's Continues to be two different people inside and outside of her like ballerina plotline, um, and yeah, she she kind of seems like the the writer's pet character to like not care about their own show, kind of. Yeah, like Karen's also one. Or if I'm sorry, um, Farron is also one who's just like, like whatever. I don't really care. I wasn't. Are we really friends? You know, it's like this weird yeah. like meta commentary. This is also the girl who. In the study hall scene was the one who said, I'm down for whatever. Mm-hmm. Like, also, you had to be in a writer's room discussing these characters. You tell me you didn't trip over Karen and Farron. It's repeatedly. awful. Awful. But I, I think that they're thinking that we're going to be out here making memes like, like, hashtag savage. Yeah, yeah, there's, you can, you can feel that energy from her. Yeah, um, so, and she says it's fine for them, but she knows the truth that Karen was pushed. So yeah. Noah Mouse and Farron all say that there's more reason to keep their mouths shut the fuck up. And they're uh, just like, look, the they'll go, they'll investigate and the sheriff will find the like the you know bucket of paint or whatever, and then they'll know what happened and we won't have to say anything, basically. Yeah. Sure thing. So they decide to see what happens at school and they all hang up. Um afterwards, Nimjin asks if she can sleep with Tabby. Tabby says sure. The two of them are just like laying in bed, staring up at the ceiling, unable to sleep. And Imogen tells Tabby that her mother wrote the letter A in her own blood on the bathroom wall. Um, so Let me Imogen ask you starts something during yeah. this scene. Does it seem like the character of Imogen had her mother kill herself a month ago? The Imogen forced it. No. The, does it? Does it? Does Imogen seem like somebody whose mother died horrifically a month ago? No, but dialogue. She'll constantly be like, "Guys, 
I was just thinking about my mom. Yeah. She'll say that. She'll say that. But it's like, you just like the way she talks about it, it, it's like, oh, my mom killed herself 10 years ago. And like, I am at peace with it. And I'm perfectly fine talking about it. Well, also, I, I kind of think that the show forgot their own thing because one of the moms in the Council of Moms later says, it's been a rough couple months since Davy killed herself. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure like the title card said one month later, right? Yeah. 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 So. Yeah, it's been it's like one month later, and then like a week and a half since then. Right, right. Um, so maybe this is a more case of is it a clue or is it bad acting? You know. Well, also, maybe the most PLL thing the show could do is fuck up its own timeline. Mm-hmm. I don't know. What an homage! Getting a head start. Yeah. So Imogen points out all the red A's, and that her mom got a flyer that night before she killed herself with a note on it. Maybe that came from A, and then she remembers that Karen was actually the one who brought the flyer in. I and love gave that it that's a mom. flashback to that. Like, don't trust the audience to have remembered that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, it's not played in a fun, both things can be true, even though they're contradictory Spencer Hastings way, but Tabby's like, so was it Karen or was it A? And Imogen's like, either. And they're uh, like, alright, let's just lie in bed. I don't know, this scene is like weirdly lacking in emotion. For yeah. what would seemingly be um, an emotional conversation, like I don't know, the the affect of the show is completely off for me. Well, because I find it bizarre. PLO would always find a way that was true to the emotions of the show to have the characters have an aside or like a reminisce or something. It's not the same thing, obviously, but like the, the you know, in, in context, the utterly pointless story about Spencer's dad's sideburns and that mm-hmm. Tim Sparia mm-hmm. moment, but like. Then we would pivot from that into something that was relevant. There's with this like getting on the ground. It's, we're just spitting out trauma, dialogue to move along the plot, kind of. But yeah. with their quote unquote generational trauma that they're dealing with constantly, mm-hmm. there's no room for these five sinners to be like human beings. I mean, I defy someone to like write me an essay about who the fuck Mouse is. She likes devices. She's she's like the girl who like halfway through any scene she's like i haven't said a single thing this entire conversation well, this is how you know there's too many characters on this show because like there's no scene with mouse and ash in this episode yeah which like there would be on a show with fewer characters you'd be like okay we have to see how each of these girls is like coping and, right and like their so is going to be part of that but like ash is just mia no because mouse's so is devices yeah yeah that's true I mean, like her mom takes away her devices. And her she... secret stash of devices. Yeah. Her secret stash. What, the, who, what does that mean? <laughs> you got my uh, my fucking like Digimon or whatever. My like, yeah, my fucking Tamaguchi. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Because it's not. I mean, I hate to be crass. It's not a sex toy. No. Um. Anyway. Uh, but yeah, like Ash seems like the only character who's really, really pop. So of course you wouldn't show him in the next episode. Yeah, so the actual. I mean, I guess they're more interested in um, Sean and Noah, uh, whatever. Um, so, cut to like school auditorium is of course hazy and smoky and backlit in there as well. Oh, like, sorry. So they need to figure out what's going on in the Y two K party and how it connects to our mom. That's their sure. mission brief. Yeah, um, we're we're doing the like kind of like tilting eerie like eerie camera tilt like from up. They they do a lot of this in the show. It's sort of unmotivated. I wish they would pick a style and go with it. Um, the principal, which like, what's with this fucking principal? Also, oh, this principal's the worst. Who, who, who on the staff is friends with this actor? It was like, we got to throw this guy in everything. <laughs> Seriously. He's got like a fucking like, like American flag pin, 
like like 9-11 just happened or something on his lapel never forget yeah um also this this school address that they're doing in this gym is this not the same gym where this chick just died like two days earlier Quite possibly yeah as you all know karen died literally right right over over there there. i'm pointing at it i'm (laughs) pointing at it i mean because there would be like like normally when shit like that happens like there's like a little like you know some flowers and shit you know like yeah some sort of shrine or something but yeah it's like why why do we need the the creepy tilt with the fucking like basketball hoop in the foreground like what the what show do you think you're making there is no there is no rhyme or reason to the degrees of the dutch angle this show is shot so bizarrely like once you once you start to notice it especially if you're not like really in on the drama you just start noticing like the cuts and the shots and it's like what are you doing like there's this scene with with noah and sean later where they're just like breaking the 180 degree rule all all over the place and it's like what what is motivating these cuts maybe it's the COVID thing i don't know that's that's the only thing other than just like they're bad um that's the only excuse i can come up with i like how you worded that Uh, take a step forward if you're in on the drama Mm -hmm. i'd like to i'd really like to hear from these people um yeah so the principal says they're bringing in counselors the next two weeks they got a shot of uh of Tom here, Tom Tom Beasley. He's still in his like like brown sheriff outfit. He doesn't have like a black one or something. I don't know. So I wanted to be wearing like, like a veil or something. They don't have like mourning. I don't know. Shouldn't they? Also, can we like? Is it intentional that they're Tom and Martha? Like it's. I don't That's know. Funny. I just I I get like I get Martha douche chills just from hearing that. You know. Would you rather it was George and Martha? Hmm. Why did you say uh, that name? <laughs> uh, we see that A is under the bleachers, seemingly about to grab Imogen's ankle, it seems. It's played or like, oh man, she moved her leg at the last second. And it's like, or what? What is this guy going to grab her and surrounded by a hundred people? Like clearly like, it's like nothing was going to happen in the scene. It's not scary. Like there's no tension here. I'm just like, this is dumb. So I just want to pause it to everyone. If A is for some reason on Imogen's side, this could have been an affectionate, creepy ankle caress. Sure. Uh, So, yeah, she's uncomfortable in general with the assembly and gets up and leaves. We hear the principal say, Sheriff will be working out of his office. And the sheriff just seems to be seething with like a a rage boner as he watches Mm -hmm. Imogen go. Um, Then we find I mean, mean, Ken DeLaurentis drank piss. This guy's like butt chugging piss. That's think right. A, think uh, about that image. The, the teenage boy helping him? <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> why why haven't we seen the return of that guy? Or just that plot line. Yeah, seriously. I mean, this guy's got some pent-up tension. I'm not saying you should go after the underage. But... I think this is maybe a thing that they're missing from the way the original paced their plot lines is that like that would be like a two to three episode thing, and then they'd yeah. move on from it or something. You know, it's like they would they would take these these little conflicts and pieces and kind of dole them out throughout the show rather than just like you know splattering everything all at once all over the pilot and then just like oh it's gonna be four episodes where we even get back to that you know i i have to maintain that i do not believe that the original pll even if it was on hbo max initially would ever give you an image of a of a teenager's head yeah popping out of an adult's lap. it wasn't that kind of show it wasn't. I'm not saying that the relationship wouldn't exist, but they mm-hmm. wouldn't show you that image no. so scandalously um, to be played as, as a 1980s plot point of scandal. Anyway, mm-hmm. so Imogen's 
throwing up in the stall in the girl's she's bathroom. pregnant right pregnant and or does she seem pregnant vomiting no does she like like when Why she stands she up does she like ooh my back you know like does she move like she's carrying a lot of extra weight that she has to go to the bathroom a lot like it just it's like okay i i can see that you are like wearing like a pregnant suit but you are not acting at all oh. like you're expecting a baby oh. She's not acting like she's, you know, parts of her body are aching or hurting yeah. when she moves. But I mean, okay. Not even like advocate. a mention of like a weird food craving she has. I mean, give us something, show. Devil's advocate, you're on this writing staff. Defend why this character needs to be pregnant. And it's it's gonna be for what is dumb this? twist reasons, right? Like that's the only thing it can be, I guess. It's but, it's i I think it's either like she's not pregnant or it's gonna be like a who who sexually assaulted her and is the secret father thing or, or something weird like that, you know? But I mean, the show doesn't even do a good job of the interim of being like, oh, she's in extra danger because she's with mm-hmm. a child. Because I think every time, like when she's in this van with this rat later on, I think the show's forgotten that she's pregnant. Yeah. As it frequently does. Anyway, she comes out of the stall after vomiting for either grief reasons or pregnancy reasons. And there's Kelly washing her hands at the sink. A lot of Kelly in this episode. Is it Kelly or is it Karen? You know, what would make this a lot more interesting is uh, if we'd really gotten a chance to know these twins yeah. and to kind of be able to to remember very specific things about them. One of them is definitely this way and one of them is definitely that way. And it would mean something to us of your if one of them was dead and not the other. And like not just like, oh, yeah, we saw Kelly in like three short scenes and now Karen is supposedly dead. But maybe she's not like what? Who cares? Like what is that? How does that impact us as a viewer? Well, it's like whatever. What is they the barely had personalities. Again? What is the actor's this name? This is again? Mallory Bechtel, I think. I feel like Mallory Bechtel was playing a kind of nuance to the two girls in the pilot. There just wasn't like enough. Episode, but I feel like by episode two, they were like, no, 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 you got to stop that. We but need I, this I, to be murkier and blander. I just think we needed way more of the twins if you expect us to care which one is dead. Well, like I posited last week that 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 Kelly died and this was Karen carrying on. But like I don't know if that's either proven or disproven in this episode. I mean, they can go the, either way because they yeah. they didn't establish personality enough to really make a difference. Well, and they, they went out of their way to make it murkier with that principal's office scene. Mm-hmm. Like, well, well, what the fuck was that? Anyway, so uh, Kelly's washing her hands at the sink. Imogen's surprised to see Kelly at school today. And Kelly's just like, you know, my mom wanted to be alone. I don't want to be in the home today. And, Not wearing black, seen- by the way. You should have seen that fucking scene in my house. Mm-hmm. You know, that was crazy. Um, so Imogen says that she's sorry. Kelly doesn't want to hear it. Kelly tries to storm off, but Imogen tries to ask her about the flyer her mom got, which Kelly wants nothing to do with. Yeah, it's I, bad timing, Imogen. It's I don't like, know. Seriously, Imogen, fuck off. Well, she didn't She didn't bring it up the right way. She's like, look, I, I'm sorry. I'm just I'm trying to figure out something about my mom. You see this flyer? And she's like, what the fuck? I don't care about your flyer. Like, yeah. the wrong way to approach that. Yeah, yeah. Um, school library, this school library set, this is like a classroom set, like redress as a library, right? Probably. I mean, also what, what do we think of the librarian here? Is she important or is it just like, aren't old people gross? Like what, what is the framing we're getting here with her? Like lustily reading this like bodice ripper. I suspect that later on she is going to drop some utterly dumb nugget of information about the past later. Yeah, the uh, the 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 wherever she has to go to get the yearbook thing later in the episode it seems so stupid to me. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so Imogen sits with the other sinners. She tells them that she just spoke to Kelly, 
and that her being at school today leads Farron to pronounce that the whole family is deranged. Um, Farron is saying that they all need to relax. <laughs> Farron has the line, like, take a day. <laughs> it's just, the, I don't know if I'm supposed to like her because she's so glib or something, but I just, I, I have no read on this character at all. She doesn't seem like a real person. I, I think in their mind, Farron is walking away from explosions and slow-mo yeah. and putting sunglasses on, but I don't know if it's playing that way. Uh, the voice on the loudspeaker then calls all five of them to the principal's office. So there, who boy, uh, principal's sitting behind his desk. Uh, the sheriff is standing there, like not looking at them at first. Uh, the theory, the new theory, I think, is that the other three are not real or they just don't as matter. As oh, much. the way that only the two of them are um, yeah. sitting in the chairs and the other three are staying behind. Yeah. But, it, but in general, the show really cares about Tabby and Imogen and the other mm-hmm. three are there. Yeah. Uh, like the rankings go like ta- or Imogen, Tabby, like Noah? Noah, and then Farron and then Mouse. Like well, Mouse the, is like complete afterthought. Like Noah, Farron, long pause. <laughs> yeah. Long pause, mouse. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, the image is saying that she she didn't film the video of Karen that Tyler did. They just had the phone and the sheriff. Well, this is a weird defense. Like, hey, I didn't film it. I just played it. Also, why, why are you guys admitting to this? I don't know. Like, isn't the whole point of Pretty Little Liars that you're supposed to fucking lie? Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, uh, he especially calls them liars later, but mm-hmm. like they really haven't lied to him. Um. Also, I find that fascinating, and then maybe the show loves itself and pats itself on the back for this. That this will be the same defense that the mothers, yeah, will throw out later. And it's not a defense. No, no. Like uh, at least the mothers filmed it. You showed it. You know. At least the mothers have a reason. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, yeah. So the sheriff points out that they showed the video and they invite their classmates to it. So Farron brings up the bucket, and that, that clearly Karen was planning to dump it on Imogen. You know, in an outdated movie reference. And the sheriff says, there's no bucket. No other students they spoke to saw a bucket, but all the other students bought up the video the five of them show up. And he's just like he's, chewing on He starts forethought. just going off. Yeah, with forethought malice. and malice. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. distressed my daughter. She took her own life. I like the line where like, it's either Imogen or Tabby says something like, we only did it because Karen bullied us first. Uh, we were trying to get her to stop, but we're sorry. We're very sorry. We're all so sorry. Yeah. It's like, what are you, what are you guys doing? And then, you know, did a lot of shit talking to Farron, but at least Farron is one who's like, hey, by the way, we don't have lawyers and or parents present, so we're going to peace out to that. I them. feel like this was they didn't know how to get out of this scene. And then, in the sign that this is a hack-ass TV show, the principal's like, well, that's your right, but this is all going to our bum-bum-bum disciplinary committee. And it's like, who gives a fuck? This guy's the sheriff. Yeah. Who gives a fuck about the disciplinary committee? Yeah, I don't, the, I don't know if we're supposed to read anything into the the principal and the sheriff and they're like kind of buddy buddy situation here you know like later it's, on later on it's like a very much a tag team thing with the moms it's just a little weird yeah it's is it once again is it a clue or is it bad writing i i'm sure in an interview they'll tell you it's it's the classic institutional white dudes teaming up which mm-hmm. it is but it's also poorly executed so the sheriff tells him that they should lawyer up because he's new everything in his power to open a criminal investigation against you five and it's like i'm sorry did not the 600 people of the shit ass town elect you sheriff you can open up an investigation you don't need to do everything in your power to do so that is your your mm-hmm. that is your job um but the sheriff and noah you know share a significant look on her way out because of the head yeah because of the teen like, head. yeah i saw you getting head from a teenager just I don't know. Maybe that will come up later. 
maybe I'll use that chip at some mm-hmm. point for something other than going to a dance. So Farron gets home. Which I, I feel like like old PLL, like if Spencer knew that, she would have like, or Hannah, they would have like made like a veiled comment and would have gotten real yeah. messy, you know? Yeah, yeah. Oh, because Spencer and Hannah, they love to put their finger in it and stir that chili. Well, and, yeah. and the kind of the drama of being backed into a corner and yeah. like maybe making it worse for yourself. The show is not I interested just, in that. They just want to get out of the scene. I'm flashing back to, I think it's the the last episode of season 2A of PLL where they've been caught with the shovel and we get the uh, framing device of them in the, uh, yes. the interrogation room. And the way Spencer just like stares at the interrogation reflection, here, yeah. And then we, then we see Wilden on the other side. Oh, magical. Um, yeah, so Farron gets home, discovers that, uh, that her mom has come home and called in by her dad. Um, she's like tearing like the mom's tearing in her. She's not able to prove that she's innocent of the razor blades thing. And then she says, sit down, Misty Copeland, so she can fix it. I don't know if this is a reference or not. Yeah, oh, I, I just Googled this. I just remember, like, I needed to Google that. Uh, she's a the first uh, African-American principal dancer at the prestigious American Ballet Theater. So I guess um, very big in the ballet world. And I am embarrassed that I did not know this reference because it was very confusing to me throughout the show. So thank you for Googling that. She's also 39, so that must have been a while ago. Hmm. So, yeah. So meanwhile, Mouse is in trouble with her moms who want all of her electronics, including her secret stash that we mentioned. She starts scooping stash. the shit up, Mouse's shit. What is the secret? Like, give me your... Even, Mouse give, me, is, give me your, your Zune? Yeah, Mouse's give me your other mom doesn't seem to have much to do. She's just kind of in the background, never saying much. I feel like it like was it last week or this week where she's just like turn on channel five or whatever. Like that's like her, her big contribution. Um well Mouse is like freaking out. Like she can't even speak. She can't even like offer a defense. She's just like, oh no, my devices. What am I gonna do? Be left alone with my thoughts? Mm-hmm. Oh, gross. So meanwhile, Noah, she's getting the third degree from her mother, who wants to know why she would get involved in something like this. And mom reminds her that she's on probation. The next time it'll be jail. Also, where's your ankle monitor? And Noah's like, Sheriff Beasley hasn't put it back on yet because he's been like furiously jacking off over like police files, probably. Um, which when we find out about Noah's mom, it's like a character assassination of all her motherly concern <laughs> thus far, right? Yeah, I don't know what the fuck they're doing at that. Um, the 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 shots of um, what's her face, Tabby and Tabby's mom, yeah, uh, Sharon Leal. I'm pretty sure that they were not in the same location. Because it's always like behind Tabby, you just like mm. see like the silhouette of somebody with like really dark hair, mm. or in or their direct shots. Like they're they're never in the same frame. And then like halfway through the scene, it cuts to like weird profile shots when they've all been head on, and like the lighting is different. I don't know. Oh, I don't <laughs> it's know. like either this is like a COVID thing, or you just don't know how to film a fucking shot. The scene, um, I the directing this was driving me insane. I I actually went. And I'm like, I'm not crazy. Like I like PLL was like shot like a normal fucking show. I like went back and pulled up uh, S23 of PLL and mm. I just like randomly like picked like, oh, here's a scene where like uh, Arya is having breakfast with Byron and Ella and then like Meredith comes over and it's shot like perfectly competently. And then it's like it's shot like intelligently where Arya's framed between her parents and like like the eyelines all match and 
like we see Meredith coming in the background several seconds before she arrives. And it, like, it's all just like, it's not like, I'm not saying it's like, start like it's fucking Finch or anything. It's just like, wow, that was a competently put together scene in the classical Hollywood style. Like, you know, everything made sense and, and mm-hmm. was focused on the emotion. Well, I think there's, there's, there's something to be said about, you know, your, your first director of your pilot sets a tone mm-hmm. and like the, obviously PLL, we, we did a whole podcast about it. I think you had the maestro, you had a lot of very talented directors on that show, but your first director was like the director of now and then, which is like a yeah. real movie who went on the direct like Homeland and other procedures like TV stuff. But the show wasn't uh, like trying, it wasn't like kind of try hard to be like, Ooh, what, what weird new angle we can, we do this time. You know, it was just like it was the it, marriage of style and substance. Yeah, and this is this is, I, I quote unquote style. Yeah, it, just, it feels like it feels like fucking film school. Honestly, like people who are like, "Hey, this is a cool shot. I want to do that." Does it fit? Does it make sense with the rest of the show? Not really. It doesn't matter. I I mean, I feel like the first season of, of Riverdale looked interesting. It looked fine. You didn't really notice it. It definitely had a style. It was a house style that it was going for. And obviously they're just kind of aping that to a certain degree. But they're, it seems like they're not as seasoned directors. Yeah. And like the, the interior sets here, like the constant like ugly wallpaper everywhere, the the hazy backlighting, like everything just looks gross in this show. Yeah. Plus, as that one email let us know, I feel like it's definitely COVID is a part of it as well. Probably. Yeah. Um, yeah, so so Sharon Leo again's like talking to her daughter, telling her Tabby, you're not the daughter that I raised. And I love that she's just like Imogen, on the other hand, as an excuse. Her mom just killed herself. Yeah. So she she's says got a, she's got a crazy card. Yeah. She says, No, no more. You can't work your job anymore. That's over now. And Good. so yeah. Um, and then next morning, Imogen comes downstairs and is like, Hi, Mrs. Hayworth. Like Here's Tyler's cell phone. This will make it all better. Sorry. Yeah. As Tabby eats her awkward oatmeal. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, the fucking school paper scene here. Um, front in, page in, editorial. In, in four color. Yeah. That there's no fucking way. We saw your yearbook. It looked like a complete piece of shit. There's no way you have a school newspaper that's coming out this frequently in full color. No, it's black and white. It's black and white. Bullied like, to death. And like th- this would just, I'm sorry, the, you would never put this on the cover of a high school newspaper. Like the principal would never allow that. No, seriously. And and I, I hate to, to be this topical, but in a, especially in a post Johnny Depp world where villains can get away with things, they could sue for defamation. Like they could own the yeah, school. Yeah, the, the, the school would just be like, no, you're not printing that. No. Um. Meanwhile, I mean, maybe the rules are way lax in Pennsylvania. But like, this is the part of the episode where it's just like a lot of like, it's not really a montage. It's just a lot of very fast scenes, like trying quickly to move things along, Mm. you know, and it just, I don't know. This show has weird pacing where it's like, it's not particularly exciting. It just feels kind of rushed. Yeah. Yeah. Even though the episode's like 52 minutes long. Okay. Can I tell you something that I was so fucking thrilled about? Sure. I've finished this episode. Three hours is up. I finally finished this episode. Mm-hmm. HBO Max tried to autoplay episode four. Mm. And I saw the episode four was 47 minutes long. Wow. And I was like, thank God. Fuck yeah. Five minutes of my life back. Yeah. Um, so meanwhile, in Imogen's old house, which I guess Sharon Leal's going to sell at some point. Someday. The remaining moms are meeting. So you got Minnie's mom, Noah's mom, Farron's mom. Um, 
they imply that like Corey Farron's mom is a big fucking deal. She's rarely in town because she's at a big Pittsburgh law firm. Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh. Uh, Minnie's mom thinks that it's ghoulish to be doing this in Davy's old house. And she's just like, yeah, I'm, 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 I'm selling at some point. I imagine Noah's mom is just like thinking about like what stuff she can steal from this house and like hawk for drugs. Seemingly because of the mm-hmm. character assassination yeah. to come. Yeah, but since no one else is volunteering the host, maybe this this dead chick will host. So they need to get their daughters through this disciplinary heal- hearing, which is the stupidest like like thing to hang over this episode. Yeah, that that's that's what's saying in the episode. Also, we've got four coffee cups here that are clearly like I want to say they're clearly there's nothing in them, but they never lift them up. It's like denied. What the fuck? Come on. Yeah, they just leave them sitting on the table the whole time. I mean, I would like to think that Imogen's going to get the lion's share of like the profits of this house if it ever sells. Yeah. Wouldn't you, wouldn't you move all the stuff out to like stage it with non-dead people stuff? You would think so. I mean, I don't know. This town looks like a shithole. Do they even have stagers here? I'm not sure. Taking, take, Also, taking in your daughter's friend because presumably tabby and imogen know each other in some fashion I imogen has no the, aunt she has no grandparents she seemingly has no father yeah but i presume that that was the nature is like tabby and imogen know each other and not just that sharon lee was doing a favorite or dead friend davy but i don't know but taking in an orphan teen is one thing but taking in a very pregnant orphan teen is a much different thing if she's really pregnant if she's um, really pregnant, but like you're gonna get some in the middle so the, of the night. The plan point. they cook up here is like, hey, we have the phone of the original video. We're gonna like stick it all on this Tyler kid who took the video. Like he's the real culprit here. And they're like, hey, good idea. Like Corey Farron's mom, like you take lead on this. And uh, I cannot think of this. Sharon Leal, what is her her name? Her character? I have name? no idea. That's yeah. why I keep saying Sharon Leal. Yeah. I have no idea what this character's name. <laughs> yeah, she'll she'll like be backup. Yeah. Uh, so meanwhile, in the library classroom, again, this is just a classroom set. We just library. The librarian, Mrs. Murray, is reading some romance novel called Buxom Beast. And like kind of like rubbing her collar like, in a, I don't know. It's like uh, it's like the weakest copycat energy of uh, uh, Allison Janney. And so Janney and 10 Things I Hate About You. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's a little uh, bit of that. Like, I feel like she might even be moaning slightly. It's just, what are we doing here? With with uh library classroom full of students but uh so imogen shows up wanting the yearbook from the class 2000 the year that her mother graduated and she's like oh i'm just missing my mom that's why i want it i just have to wonder is this character going to be important because like you could have saved some money and not had a librarian character and just had her like go into the stacks and get the the, get the yearbook you know yeah no uh the librarian seems touched by this story and she's just like i'll bring it to you and like it's like played like it's this ominous thing yeah it's like she just goes to a a cabinet mm-hmm. i mean i kept thinking like does she need time to like redact the yearbook yeah like uh, tear out the page that like it's it's like gonna be like oh there was a page missing and it's angela waters page and she was in the y2k survivors club too i yeah. think something like that yeah so school hallway another dutch angle take a shot madam geary's telling fair the other dancers don't feel comfortable on her the teacher tells her to gather her shit and basically excuse herself from the class what and, I'm sorry, and, is this and, a high school? Or what? Well, also, Teachers can't just like kick you out of their class like that. How does a town with, with, an, with Mill in its name have this erudite dance program? It would make so much more sense if this was just like a local dance studio, but I, I'm sure they're just compressing, you know. 
But I feel like this town is more concerned with black lun than black swans. That's true. That's my joke. Did you? Um, uh, do you have that one written out? I did. Nice. Very nice. Yeah. Uh, you know, th- here's the difference between this, this and PLO, the real mm-hmm. PLO. I feel like we probably each had a couple zingers that we were just like sitting on for each of the PLO episodes because they mm-hmm. just they was it was a rich bounty. This, if you get one, it feels like a miracle. Yeah. Uh, so we get a shot of the 1999 yearbook here. Um, it should Millennium be the two, theme. Should be the 2000 yearbook. But um, we don't have time to get into it. But as a former yearbook editor-in-chief of a nationally award-winning yearbook, this is a piece of shit. It looks disgusting. I mean, it makes sense because it's from Millwood, but still. It's just yeah. like the layouts and the fonts. Like, it's hideous. Yeah. Anyway, she hey, sees her check mom. Out, check out our uh, sister podcast, Font Fest. Mm-hmm. We're talking about good fonts. Helvetica. She sees her, her mom's page. Uh, like, all the students have, like, an entire fucking page themselves. That's um, insane. Yeah, no, completely insane. And it's like, oh, mom, I'm sad, I guess. She doesn't really look sad. I don't know. She looks like weirdly eager. Like, I, I don't know what emotions we're supposed to be getting from Bailey Madison here. I <laughs> Did you get a load of what she's wearing in the scene, too? I, I just got to know, did Bailey Madison call up her good friend, Lucy Hale, and be like, I'm just curious, when you didn't know what to do with Ario, what did you do? And Lucy Hale is just like, player unhinged. <laughs> Yeah, did you get a look at her outfit here? It's no. this weird sort of like satiny, like like um, elastic sleeve, like kind of baby doll. Like it's just it looks like something you'd put on a doll. Like it's just the most bizarre top. Ever. Is it is it something that kind of high that she has a little bit of a tummy? Uh, I well, I mean, you know she does. So I I, I don't know. Um, no, it, but I mean, I, I could I could see no. It, it looks it looks teenager. like something that you would put on like. A doll or like a a wealthy Victorian child in the 1800s or something like it's just bizarre. Like, so it's like something one of Mona's dolls. Yeah, it what looks if, it looks if, way too like juvenile for a high school student to be wearing. What if in a Saint Elsewhere riff, the last episode we find out that this is all like Mona's bonked her head on the sink and she's just dreamt up what her dolls are. Mona has better dreams than this. I'm sorry, Mona's dreams yeah, would be yeah, way better than this. I did read an interview that we're going to find out who A is at the end of the season. Wonderful. Which to me says we have no long game on this show. I'm sure there'll be like a tease or something. Anyway, so in the yearbook, she starts to notice that uh, her mom was in the Y2K Survivors Club. And so were all these other people. Um, Not all of them are the moms, I think. I don't know. No. No, they're just some of them are just random. Yeah, also, there's like Laura Green, Brenda James. Like those are not the moms, I don't believe so. Young Davy's cute, by the way. Um, I don't know why I had to notice that, but I did. Mm-hmm. So yeah, with people are in this this club. Um, then we get the stupidest online research montage ever on it, microfiche. It's like they want the the girl with the dragon tattoo like research scene, but she yeah. literally looks at like two different articles, and then she's yeah. like, "I found it." It's like it's just not enough. Like there's no shot of her like. Oh, I found something. I'm making a note. I'm getting up. I'm pulling down another microfiche cassette. You know, like there is like it's not long enough to be a montage. You're just like, okay, so you microfished for like 30 seconds. Also, in 2000, I don't think things were still going on microfiche. Yeah, well, maybe in this shithole town. Yeah, yeah. So she's really Bailey Madison's really working overtime to make looking at the screen try to seem interesting finds an article about the body of a miner found in an old harbor warehouse why does she need to ask the librarian if it's possible to print this off like why is the librarian in the scene 
That's what I want to know. Like it only seemingly this librarian will be important for some reason. Yeah. She was not in the pilot, so she shouldn't be aged by the rules of, you know, narrative. But I don't know. I found it strange. I would kind of be upset in some fashion if it was like, hey, this frail old librarian mm-hmm. is also hulking leather face. Yeah. Clomping around. Um I, I, I presume this is a joke. Like, can this microfiche, this antique microfiche machine print? I, I didn't know. read it as a joke. If it was a joke, you should have got like the librarian's reaction, like roll her eyes or, you know, like. This, I don't know. this, is, this was state of the art when I started here. Yeah. yeah. Then so, we cut to the gloomiest sheriff's office <laughs> ever. That the principal's here for, for some reason. Yeah. Um, over Now he's over his shoulder. Yeah. And there's like, we're doing weird Dutch angles just like for no reason. We'll just cut to a Dutch angle in the corner. They love these fucking corner Dutch angle shots where they put it up in like the corner, well, or like ceiling. I started to think, oh, is the Dutch angle indicative that A is in the scene? But then I was like, that means everyone's A. Yeah. Yeah. So it, they're basically the, it's, it's Corey and Sharon Leal are here and they're just like, as you can see from that video on that phone you just watched, my girls didn't film it. Some other asshole did. And yeah, Tyler just, is exploiting Karen. Yeah. Yeah. And the cop, you know, Tom, the sheriff and the principal are just like, who fucking cares? You know, your daughter's the ones who played it. This doesn't change anything at all. Yeah. Premeditated fashion. Mm-hmm. So, you know, Corey brings up that the children were interrogated by the sheriff about parents present. That they, that he shouldn't even be in charge of the investigation. And then the principal, for some reason, the principal says, Oh, we're also working with outside law enforcement. This and they're is, like, we don't see anybody. This show, is where, show me Detective Tanner. Yeah, this is where I'm I'm like bad writing or a clue. Because like the principal, at one point they say like, well, the, the mom say, we'll sue. And the principal says, we'll sue you back. And it's like, the school is going to sue parents? What? Like, I just, yeah. that, it's not something that happens. Like, what are you talking about? Like, well, why can, are you so like ride or die for the sheriff here? Like, why are you yeah. even here? Yeah, like what, what? alliance you confederated like union of dicks are, mm-hmm. are, are going to like bring us these women but yeah there's the cameo i want is like roma mafia walks in looks around says nope and walks yeah. right back out this is also the scene where eric johnson is like smiling like yeah it looks like he's breaking and he's supposed well, to be also this is a scene where two white men in power are going after two women of color it's, it is i don't know that the show is really intending any subtext by that i guess i didn't pick anything up by it I don't know. The show's smart enough. There, to, to if play the with show that. was like we've seen how they deal with that in other scenes. They would have they would have had one of these guys make some sort of coded racial remark if they if they were like looking to really play up that dynamic. But this this is the scene where Eric Johnson is especially emaciated, hungry. Yeah, and he's going to chew up like the one line they give him. Yeah, it's just like your daughters killed my daughter, and we have nothing to talk about. And they're they they like the moms give each other this look like oh no, and then yeah. like for some reason we're like we're focusing on like his nameplate while the sheriff is blurred out in the background. What are we doing? Why is it shot this way? It's like yeah. what what are we supposed to interpret from the the choices you're making with your camera? It's just like there's no meaning behind any of this. Anyway. It just doesn't seem like a great way to build up the legend of the Corey character. Like I need. Yeah. The valiant mom in this. Anyway, so boys' locker room. Another Dutch angle. There's there's uh, Noah's Corey or Noah's uh, her chip. chip. Yeah, this uh, this chip is basically like, hey, I blew you off. I'm not answering your text because you lied to be my omission by not telling me about 
that video. What else are you lying to me about? Like, I heard you're using two. You failed your test. And she's like, no, I didn't. That's false. Uh, thanks for giving me the benefit of the doubt. And then she just storms off and he's just like, whatever. That's, that's the this whole scene. Sh- this should have been the end of Sean. But, yeah, but they, know. they were like, okay, we need to have some kind of drama between Noah and her boyfriend. Here's an easy knot that we can untie mm-hmm. for a storyline that quite frankly, we were never going to do anything interesting with anyway. So then cut to. Also, why would Kelly... anyone dump my Rafiko? Yeah, really. Kelly is at her locker. She pulls out a photo of the, her and Karen and Imogen. Imogen and Karen are kind of hugging. Oh, is this Kelly's place. locker or Karen's locker? I have no idea. Maybe it's Karen's locker. I guess I read it as Karen's locker. Maybe she's she cleaning was, it out or something. Yeah, She was hurt or whatever that the photo of Karen and Imogen so close to each other is in it. I don't know. Kelly, if she is Kelly, makes no sense to me in this episode. I don't understand what they're suggesting like what is going on in her headspace? Where is she emotionally? She seems to not behave like a human being, and not in like a, a fun, crazy way. Just like it, it, one scene doesn't connect to the next kind of way. Are any of these characters human beings? No, these are not. This show's way too busy with its brilliant plot to like focus on the characters. I mean, like PLL threw you some relatable storylines, like like. You could relate to Hannah as like the child of divorce and everything she was dealing with and like not just the A shit, but like her body issues and like her, mm-hmm. like her identity issues and her boyfriend and like and validating just, herself to her dad so much and her better mom. at subtlety. But like, I mean it was like it was like a core of a character, yeah. and then you put that character in the A stuff. Mm-hmm. Anyway, school why don't why don't any of these women or these young women have sperm donor, you know, bio dads? Like not a single one, except for Zeke. My boy Zeke. Anyway, so, I don't want to be praising the men. Speaking anyway, of school stairwell. Ship. Yeah. Uh, another just bizarre overhead shot of the stairwell where like they're like tucked in like between the stairs, like the bottom of the stairwell. It's Tabby's talking to Chip and Chip's just like, I don't have the flash drive with the video on it. I think they said earlier they, that they had it. And now it turns out they don't. Yeah. And he's just like, I, are you sure? And he's like, yes, I'm 99% sure. Uh, I, I went Less to look in the and it isn't there. Yeah. Left in the projection booth. Yeah. So, Meanwhile, Imogen has taken a 1950s Riverdale bus to the warehouse in the middle of nowhere. And you know what it is not? It's not an old harbor warehouse, like the newspaper says. Um, yeah, the, this there's three shots here that are hilarious to me because they're both there. There are three essential like establishing shots like mm-hmm. the show. Like it doesn't want to do just one. It wants to go for the three different shots. It has the classic bus leaving person, you know, standing there. And so, you know, it's like, okay, it's, we're doing that kind of shot. And then it has a shot of her looking around and the wind is blowing. And, you know, she's like kind of like, you know, wondering, you know, where the mystery is. It's like, okay, so we're doing that kind of shot. And then there's a third shot where it's like leaves are blowing on the ground across the frame as she walks through the the um, warehouse. And it's like, pick one. Like you can't, you can only introduce like the spooky, you know, warehouse so many different ways. Oh, well, I'm sorry. And then there's 3A. Where someone has spray painted "Abandon All Hope, Ye Who Enter" on some old timey car outside this warehouse, and the show doesn't have confidence enough for us to fucking notice that, and so she has to stop and stare at it and make a weird expression and then walk in, and it's 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 fucking frustrating the way the show is shot. So here's the sense I never thought I'd ask: What forensic clues of use does does she think that she, a pregnant teenage girl in high high heels, will find on this site twenty two years later? I mean, because she's here for the the script told her to go here you know 
So there's there's like this crazy shrine in here. There's like somebody spray painted Angela Waters, rest in peace. Now, like seemingly nobody liked this girl. So like, right. why is there this massive shrine? You know, whatever. Let's well, cross out the word peace. Yeah. There's red candles, which is kind of creepy. Yeah, there's so, there's way too much stuff. Like the like Karen doesn't have a shrine this big. You know? No, no. But this episode will confirm for us. The last episode hinted at that the school colors for Millwood High are red and black, mm. like gross A colors in an uninteresting way. But yeah, someone left the old an old school library book. I didn't actually see what the book was. Did you? Oh, it's <sighs> oh boy, it's the Scarlet Letter. Fuck me. Yeah. Because there's an A. Yeah. Yeah. This is I, I don't understand this shrine because it's seemingly not all made by one person. It's yeah. like it's seemingly a bunch of different people like leaving these notes of like, oh, we miss you, we love you. You know, like it's just it, it doesn't match anything we've learned about this character so far. Yeah. Um so we find that this book has clearly been checked out pretty much solely by Angela Waters. Also, R.I.P. Philip Baker Hall, the original officer bookman like uh, i don't know like there's there's weird book girls and then there's girls who just like read the scarlet letter over and over again i don't know like this isn't lolita you know this like it's not interesting the way you think it is show i mean is it supposed to imply that she was having an affair with somebody i don't know anyway there's there she takes a photo of it imogen does and then there's like this weird metal screeching which like i thought for a second was just like on the soundtrack as their like mood music but no i guess it's like it's diegetic or whatever so more dutch angles as she runs and hides in this like gross old van this was this, one of the scenes that they showed uh after the uh screening yeah. and i they, think you and i said oof in stereo when this ended yeah because it's bad because there's no tension it's supposed to be scary because she's hiding in the van and in the a him or herself is there in the background wandering around but like the way it's shot we're like the show has no sense of perspective. Like if you want us to be scared, we should be hiding in there with Imogen and we can't really see what's going on outside. And like mm-hmm. the tension is ratcheting because there's a rat inside where instead like it keeps cutting these like wide ass shots where you can see like, Oh, A's over there. So it's, you're yeah. fine. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, I was shocked that this scene is somehow even less scary in context. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Super Dutch angles, but also like, there's a rat in there with her which she said i think in the panel that the rat wasn't actually on set with her like it's not her arm or whatever that the rat's on but like we hear a guy with a dog outside it's the dog's barking and that's what drives a away so it's like this is not an isolated location like you're it feels like you're not in as much danger well i I just don't understand what a is doing here or leatherface or loitering yeah like I just I feel like when we aggravated loitering, when we occasionally saw black hoodie or red coat out in public, it seemed like we could intuit a reason like, oh, they're spying. You know, they're not just like walking around being creepy. Well, but I'm sorry. There would be PLO would not have made it to seven seasons if like halfway through season one, they were like, a could be anywhere. They could be watching us right now. And Hannah was like, oh, they're actually right over there. Just staring at us. <laughs> they, they, we could see the car they don't, drove don't, over here. Don't get right? to the end of the episode just yet. Yeah. Like, like, honestly, I can see the license plate. We could walk over and yeah. knock on the door if we want. And, like, that's the thing. At the end of this episode, spoiler, Spencer Hastings would walk right over to that van. She absolutely would. Um, um, so back to Pedocop here. 
he's uh, just having a chat with Noah. And he's like, for some reason, he's like, I want you to sell out Tavi and Imogen and I'll like, I'll, I'll lay off on you, um, Mouse and Farron. I don't know why he wants to cut this deal. No. Like why he, why does he want revenge more than those two? Is it because they're real characters and the rest aren't? I don't know. Um, but like, it, it doesn't really make any sense. He's like, he's like, he's out for justice. He's out for vengeance, you know, but he's like, I will totally let the three of you off the hook if you sell out your friend. okay and she's she's even like why (laughs) the hook they hang on his stupid speech to her last episode as for like why there's this like almost kinship that he feels with her yeah is ludicrous yeah it's Um, like hey you and i we understand each other yeah we're not so different i I caught you with drugs you caught me getting head from a child yeah potato potato Mm -hmm. yeah like i wrote my notes here why does the sheriff of the small town who shouldn't be supervising the juvie crew, why does he care about the school's disciplinary board? He could be slapping silver bracelets on people's wrists. Yeah. Uh, so movie theater, this place is a wash in horror movie posters. And here's the cheesiest detail. They're all different sizes. Like some of them are eight and a half by 11 size. It's whatever they could get on Etsy. I'm sure. Yeah. Um, so does a, does theater chip here. He kind of like, I feel like he's trying to do cotton weary's voice from scream. Like he's trying to do Lee Shriver or something. Gail, yeah. I did my part. I, I, I did my part, Gail. Um, he is not 100% cotton. Oh, man. I don't like where Lee Shriver went in life. He just, I, I not, mean. Not in life, I, but like the kind of characters he went on to play. You know, he was fucking great in Spotlight. So at least he has that for him. It's true. That's true. Mm-hmm. Which was, he's married was to such, Naomi Watts. He's doing okay. Which was such a fucking, I don't know, breath of fresh air from like whatever the fuck is going on in Ray Donovan. <laughs> But anyway, uh, not Lee Shriver here, Chip. Is Ray Donovan where the Entourage kids go? I don't know. Anyway, it's, Showtime shows, they're just, they're not for us. They're, they're, they're for our parents. They're less. Mm-hmm. Showtime, uh, though, would send us to the after party. I'll tell you that right now. They certainly would. So Imogen is like, oh, have you seen this uh, flash drive? And he's just like, haha, I, I got it before the cops searched it. It's at my house. You can come over later and have dinner with me and I'll give it to you. Okay. This is the first time that she looks genuinely concerned. This, yeah. Later on, well, let's just save that conversation when we get to. But the yeah, coin this is, that has been this is sort of weird. Landed. Yeah. Yeah. Saved by the text. Imogen has texted her, where are you? All caps. So last, Imogen. last episode, Tabby, who could not take a breath of oxygen without exhaling a film reference, a ludicrous film reference, is now telling me that, that like her, we see her phone lock screen. And there's not some dumb movie reference on it. Like no, even it's, Mouse's lock screen is a like, whole clue to her vibe. Kind of just like a boring like drawing of a road. Yeah, it's... G- generic as fuck. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So pinball pizza, parents having pizza of her parents. This is where you want to have this conversation. Even, even the Fields family kept this indoors. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, her mom wants to pull her out of school before she can be expelled. Mom says, "I'm making real money now at my law firm. I, you know, I want to put you in a real dance academy in bum 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 Pittsburgh." And like Farron is like, "Dad and I are a team." That's like, who are you, Farron? This this scene is also dad. filmed oddly. There is one wide shot where you can see all the actors are there. But otherwise, even though the mom and dad are sitting right next to each other, they're not, it's always framed tight on one of them or the other. They, they, we never even get a two shot. It's just, it's strange and weird. I don't I mean, understand. Do you, the tension in this scene is between Farron and Corey. Mm-hmm. Are you telling me we really need so much Zeke coverage? It, my man Zeke needs something, man. 
Yeah, but even even you know she's just like I don't my dad and I are team. I don't leave this town without dad. Even her dad is like Corey or uh, uh, I'm sorry, Farron. You gotta leave this shithole town. Like, yeah. You gotta. Your, mom, got, your mom's I'm rich. Dying. Yeah. <laughs> I got the black lung. Honestly, it would help me out a little bit if I didn't yeah. have to, you know, watch your ass constantly. I can't. I can't be microwaving you mac and cheese when I'm like falling asleep in front of the ESPN every now and then. Um, also, like. I appreciate this pizza place because it always makes me want pizza. But like, you can't be eating here every night. Like these characters are. No, <laughs> my God, ladies, the carbs, yeah. the goddamn carbs. At least the one scene with Sharon, Leo, and Imogen and Tabby—they're just having waters. Mm-hmm. Which I'm sure this pizza place is like, sure, take up a table mm-hmm. during our busy lunch hour with some waters. But yeah, so so Farron is a key to her plotline. She's just like. Oh, mom just wants to control my life even more. And mom's like, oh, I see. I can pay for your life. I just can't control it. Burn. And so Farron's like, no way am I moving. The mom's like, let's see what happens Friday. So this thing is on Friday, we find out, which I guess the show is going to do a whole thing where every episode's one week, maybe. Ugh. Whatever. Um, so the, meanwhile, across the pizza place. Oh, wait, no, I'm sorry. I thought we were cutting across a pizza place because it seemed like we were going to go look at another table. But no, that's just the way the show is shot. They're like they're panning out and turning like they're going to show us something and then it just cuts to yep. uh, Imogen and Tabby and Tabby's bedroom. Yeah. So there's this girl named Angela Water. She went to Millwood High, killed herself at the Ray from the flyer, but her body wasn't found to much later. And for so, some reason, that's going to be important because they keep belaboring it. Yeah. Tabby's like, didn't anyone call the police or an ambulance? And Imogen's like, not for days. So anyways, there's a shrine to her. Someone else is creeping. Is that just supposed to make us think like, wow, their parents suck. (laughs) Like all your moms suck. Yeah, I don't I don't fucking know. So Imogen's phone goes off. They both get spooked. And Tabby's like, is that from A? Which is a beat that they will repeat in reverse in the next scene. But it's dumb. But no, it's from Kelly. Also, there is a poster for the original Suspiria on Tabby's wall. Yeah, of course. No, yeah. Imogen's like, no, it's from Kelly. Weird. And she's, or I'm sorry, she's inviting me to Karen's funeral. Weird. Is that tomorrow? Thursday. Great. Um, yeah. They're really keeping track of their days here. Not, not much else on the show. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, so they're going to go stake out this warehouse. Yeah. Wednesday. Good, good plan. Uh, so in the girls' bathroom, Noah's meeting with Farron and Mouse minus Tabby and Imogen. Mouse is disgusted with the disloyalty. Mouse is like, this is the first of like three sentences I've said in the entire episode. Mm-hmm. Farron is aggressively fine. At one point, Mouse is like, they're our friends. And Farron's just like, but are they our friends? Which is like the first time I related to Farron. But it's like in a are meta way, kind of. Yeah. You know, it's I feel like it's like a lampshade type thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so Noah says that she's more scared of Sheriff Beasley right now than A. So Farron just wants to wants to just say that it was Imogen's idea and Tabby worked the move there. So obviously they knew what they were doing. The other three didn't. This is not some PLL shit. <laughs> There's a whole thing where Farron is just like, sis, you need to get your devices back. You're starting to get paranoid. It's like, okay. Didn't realize that her devices were her entire character, but sure. Well, you know, you know what is generally interesting about this show is that this is seemingly a a fully clickless world. Yeah, we we haven't really. Well, maybe there's clips. I feel like we haven't learned much about the school. We know there's jocks. We know that I mean, uh, one of yeah, the chips there's, is a jock. Well, the, we know that the jocks have a text thread. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but like, let's get in on I, that text thread. Nothing would lead me to believe that like Farron would be caught dead next to Mouse. But it, it, like, she's just like a ballerina, though. Like, she's not like none of these. Characters seem to be the it girl, except I guess Karen. 
You know? I just, I, and I and think... maybe maybe Imogen used to be the it girl or something, but then she got pregnant and her mom died. I just think the pariah. closest we got to this on PLO, which had some stakes at its core, was the Arya and Hannah beef over Ella's boyfriend, Baker Baker Bro. Baker Bro. Like, that was your boy. That was gross. Like, I just I don't think that the PLLs would ever turn on each other so casually like this. Well, there were little things like, hey, Hannah, we need you to go sabotage Arya's mom type of thing, you know? Yeah, but but it was still it was still built into like a, a real motivation that well, the, you could understand. The brilliance of A was that A knew how to to push just like one layer beyond what they were comfortable yeah. doing. They wouldn't like go straight for like, you know, turn your friend in. They would just be like, but, just do this little thing for me. But with a mo- motive to give you what you wanted. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like when, when Hannah had to eat the cupcakes and she got $100 bills in yeah. return. It's just, we're just going to keep pushing you a little bit further, a little bit further. Yeah. Um. Anyway, at the warehouse, Tabby's like setting up a GoPro. Her phone goes off and she jumps. And this time Imogen's like, oh my God, is that Oh, oh yeah, which, so setting up a GoPro at the warehouse. So presumably this will come up later. Which again, I feel like the show is saying we're not building reliable tension so we're going to have these girls seem spooked and maybe that will read yeah, the audience's but attention it's, but it's never actually a like i don't know it's strange so imogen again proving that she's the secret supervillain, is like oh my god is that your cute boss and tabby's like no it's my manipulative boss showing that i have taken a side well and it's like okay in the third episode you decided to give us a reaction to like how tabby feels about this guy yeah it's which honestly it seems odd to me because it was perfectly set up so far. Like yeah. you could have, you could have had her play it as like she's not really sure. Like, she, like Tabby's. If I were writing this, Tabby's response would have been like, you know, like she's like, "Oh, is that your hot boss?" She's like, "Oh, shut up. He's totally old. It's not like that," or something like that. Yeah. Have her, yeah. have her say that, and then have her get to the guy's place, and she's like, "Oh, there's wine," and he's like setting it. You know, it's like, "Oh no, this is like something I wasn't prepared for." Like. Seemingly, that would like she plays it that way anyway when she gets there. So, like, mm-hmm. why not at least go there? Like, why do you undercut the whole tr- the attention of that scene by having her call him manipulative here? So, I, I think, I think legitimately, because you had the same writers for episodes one and two, mm-hmm. they wrote that, that scene in a way that like they could kick the can down the road. Yeah. And then you had a new writer for this episode who's just like, no, this is a creepy relationship and I'm not going to pretend like it's not. Oh, but it's like it's too eager to say it. Rather yeah. than to let it play, yeah, 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 yeah. So, so we're so we're we're going in loaded in a certain way mm. into what is basically Ezra's apartment 2.0. Also, this guy's text messages—he's like watching a documentary on Shutter. Oh, he's this is a horror guy, you know. Uh, Which, yeah, he he wants to watch Poltergeist. No, he wants her to watch the documentary about cursed films and oh. the episode about Poltergeist. He's not even watching Poltergeist. There, well, yeah. Dinner tonight, yeah. and I give you the drive. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I give her the drive. Um, so there's you know the noise and image, and it's like it's him, but no, it's Sharon Leal who's just as surprised to see them. She's there paying respects to Angela Waters. And we get some more image and face here, and she's like, Who was she? So again, either they're playing image in slightly suspicious, so they can because she's like really trying to build up the legend of A, or the show is just using her to try to heighten the fear and the tension that is not earned. But doesn't yeah. everything with her feel like it's possible that like, ooh, this is a callback? We were we were telling you all along that Imogen was like in on something. Yeah, they're 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 laying lots crazy, of red right? herrings, I guess. No, no, like every scene with Imogen, I'm like, she does not 
like nothing about this seems normal. It seems like there's they're either setting something up or laying a bunch of red herrings so that you'll think this means something when it doesn't. Well, the problem is that I but have it, no it undercuts the image and character. I feel like I have no control group in this thing because mm-hmm. I look at image and I'm like, that's not how a, a normal character would react. Yeah, and I look at the other four and I'm like, none of them are acting like normal characters would react. <laughs> yeah, so back to pinball pizza, and I just want to say there is like a curry place next door. You know, like you can you can switch it up a little. Also, there is whatever the hell Uplift Cafe is. Yeah, yeah. Which, do you remember how we would just, we just laissez-faire, talk about Main Street Rosewood? Mm-hmm. This is Main Street Millwood. I, I missed a lot, you know, the water I, lot. Oh, it's 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 classic. I honestly would take the Davy route when I look at this town. Um, <laughs> so she says, oh, yeah, she's a girl. We get oh. a download on Angela Waters here where we learn shockingly little that we didn't already know. It's like we saw I, the I'm pilot. watching this scene and I'm like, you're just like I knew all this. The only real piece of information we learn is that uh, Angela Waters had like a crazy mom. Yeah, and that no dad, and that um, Sharon Leal here is like alighting some of the truth about their relationship. She's painting it as all like, oh, we all really like this girl and wanted to help her, but we couldn't. It's like, well, clearly that's not the truth. Like that's the only right, information right. we get. But we spent a lot of time recapping stuff the audience already knows. Yeah, and she's like, well, eventually somebody called the ambulance two days later. Mm-hmm. We, for some reason, get a flashback of EMTs taking the body out of this place with a banner. It's, it's going to be like she's still alive or something. I don't know. The banner up that says, into eternal darkness, into fire and ice. And then there's these statues of like riders on horses, like one's painted white and the other's painted red. And what sure. is this? Yeah. What is this? Um, so it's ruled as a suicide. I'm sorry, like you can you can hang a banner for your like warehouse rave, like a marble statue that weighs like 700 pounds. It's like stacked on top of a crate. Like, where, where, how is that getting there? It's not there in present day. So yeah. was this just party decoration, or this, like was this destroyed in the 22 years since? Yeah. So rules of suicide, which Sharon Leal says it actually was. You know, so Imogen's like, why was why did the article never mention the rave? And Sharon Leal's like, well, no one ever spoke of it because are those know, they the four horsemen this. of the apocalypse? Maybe there's only two of them though. No, there's four. If you and then when, it, when it, we get our like weird Dutch angle like crane shot pan out, there's four of them. Oh, I'm sorry. Is in the final episode of season six of PLL Original Sin is Imogen going to have Scarlet Witch powers by which she pivots <sighs> them all back to the 1950s? Mm-hmm. Um. So yeah, you know, like they're like no one's gonna investigate this. Not 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 the crazy girl with the crazy mother. The less said about them, the better. Which I kind of agree with right now. Mm-hmm. Um, so Sharon Leal says that she goes there every so often, pays her respects, and she's just like, "What are you two doing there?" And Imogen's like, "Well, not to beat a dead horse, I'm trying to figure out what happened to my mom and Tabby, who could be the comedic relief of the show." Yeah, Chandler Chandler Kinley is could be funny. She's just like, "I'm being a supportive friend." Like, yeah, that could have been a good, funny PLL punch-up line. I mean, I guess Farron is kind of the comedy, but not enough. Yeah, yeah, we we, like, we don't have Hannah, like a, a a good duo who kind of like plays off each other well. You know, Hannah had heart. Mm-hmm. Farron doesn't strike me as heart. She has scoliosis. Yeah. <laughs> also, like, shouldn't these girls be like grounded or something? I don't know. I know you can't ground Imogen because she's just like a weird pregnant girl lives at your if house. You had a mom. Yeah. But like, why is why is she like, hey Tabby, you you're not allowed to just like you're in you're fucking in big ass trouble, you know? Like no. you can't go wandering around. Didn't I make you quit your creepy ass job? Yeah, yeah. So Imogen mentions the flyer about the rave, and that was the last thing her mom got. You know, was she feeling guilty? 
And like Sharon, they was like, well, no one was kinder to Angela than your mom. You know, she was the best of us. And Angela was just a lost soul. And it's like, what is, what is this noise? Like, where, give me something that I can actually work with here. Imogen no longer feels like Karen gave this to her mom and seems like Sharon Lee was blowing her off. And she's like, oh, I'll ask around in the circle, which again, are you indicating to these girls? Because I don't think the, the sinners know that their moms are friends yet. Let's say that thought because they're going to have a meeting later. But uh, uh, kind of to get out of this scene, um, Tabby is just like, I have to go pick up my paycheck for at the Orpheum, my last paycheck. And she's like, all right, see you at home, girls, even though you should be in big trouble. And then ding dong. Ding dong, like door opens on this uh, chip smiling here as she walks in. And this, there's like five different like quick shots here. It's like so weird. It's like we have a perspective shot. We have an older the shoulder shot of her walking in and then like a wide shot from the kitchen as he's taking her coat off and then a profile shot of her getting her coat taken off. And then like she's like a close up as she stares in horror at the, the uh, coffee table and the couch and like the wine and stuff all laid out. And then it just jump cuts to her sitting on that couch later at a different angle. It's like, what are you doing show? Why are you shooting your show like this? I will say there is one worthwhile, good, interesting shot in this whole salad of what, coverage. Him tasting the uh, noodle? No, no. But But before I get to that, can I ask you, what was the way that David Fincher said that you should film any scene? There's, there's two, ways. two ways to film a scene. The other way is wrong. Yeah, this yeah. way is wrong. The one good shot or the two good shots, I guess, is you have the reaction on her face and then you see what she sees where she put where the camera pushes in to in this mm-hmm. less charming Ezra Fitz apartment that they're going to sit at the coffee table in front of the couch. He has two table settings and a bottle of wine. And she like seemingly that's when she's like, oh, shit. Like he thinks this is a date. Yeah, and then it jump cuts one, to her at a different angle the, sitting there. Yeah. Yep. It's the one shot that like has information that mm-hmm. supports the narrative. Yeah, this show is so uninterested in presenting information visually. Can we talk about what a dork this guy is too? No, oh, he's just going on and on and on about Giallo and how it means but yellow fucking, and all this shit. Fucking Argento explaining her, but he's got like the towel over one shoulder and he actually says, Hope you like pasta. Yeah. Uh, I think he says that the wine is from Francis Ford Coppola's vineyard. Which is, was that a line that should have gone the tabby? Like, it's so nerdy. But yeah. also, if you look closely at the set decoration, the entire place is decorated with red flags. Yeah. Uh, does he think he's like, do like, does the actor think he's being Patrick Bateman here? Like, do you like Francis Ford Coppola? It's one of my favorite Italian movies. Yeah. No, tabby, he's, don't just stare at that film reference. Eat it. Yeah. Um, Why do we get the shots of him like tasting the noodle? Like, I don't know. It's just, it's very strange. It's like, okay, we're just doing this for this one scene, I guess. Meanwhile, Tabby, she's drinking you, the you, wine. You will know that we are in hell when three years from now you're editing that shot into some video. <laughs> Tabby's drinking the wine. She's obviously like super uncomfortable um, as he's going on and on about like Suspiria having- and Argento. A mini international film festival this month. Every mm-hmm. night a different country to help her get her mind off of things. Yeah, like he wants her to come over all the time. Like, did they did they just see Cruel Summer and they're like, let's pepper a little of that spice in here? And then there, oh. were the, there was the Noah and Sean scene where it's like, oh, Noah's at my door. And he's like, she lets him in. There's like, he's shot in a mirror for some reason. Like. Like there, there's like several shots where he's out of frame and then he's like in a mirror and then he enters. Does it mean something? He, Who knows? He is, of all the male significant others, he is the biggest cipher. Yeah, he, I mean. Who is this guy? What is yeah. this guy? 
what is this? We break yeah, the 180 like, degree rule here where like we're like watching them on the couch and suddenly we cut to behind the couch and she's like looking at him. Well, like, did, did he did he like on one hand, he's like, oh, I was so self-righteous. I hate I hate lying. I hate liars. I don't know why I'm on this show then. But on the other hand, I sure do like coming. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so got bust this load somewhere. <laughs> I don't know if you know, I'm on the football team. It's like I'm the guest of honor. Yeah. function so anyways he, he he felt bad um and she's like i need to admit something to you i didn't fail my bre- my drug test chip uh this is like super secret you can't tell anyone but like i was actually covering for my mom the night i got arrested and it like cuts to this like flashback of her like you know getting like let out in handcuffs by the sheriff as the mom just kind of stares and watches like what drugs are we talking about here yeah. like i like, is she moving some weight in something? Like, why is she getting like hauled off in handcuffs here? Well, yeah. So, so why is it a big deal that, uh, like, uh, like, like A has a little teapot of like the hot <laughs> tainted n- piss. Pot of urine? Yeah. yeah. Like, also, did they did HBO drop off a box of like Euphoria smoke? Why is her house so smoky? Because <laughs> everything has to be backlit. It's the aesthetic. Meanwhile, back at Wes's place. Uh, you know movie movie theater chip oh Tanya real quick uh, uh, other chip is like what kind of mother does that to her daughter and uh, he threw you under the bus it's like i'm sorry babe i believe you and then they fuck the uh also i love that this movie is just like there's only two dario argento movies of course mm-hmm. but like this guy his most patrick bateman when is when he like tells her the italian name of deep red and he's just like deep red <laughs> I just want to go watch American Psycho. Um, yeah, fun uh, fact. Giallo is the Italian word for yellow. There's like a weird, like, it's like, okay, Imogen's uncomfortable. She's drinking the wine. I don't know why. Like, if she, would you be pounding the wine in this situation? I mean, I guess, but I, I something's about to happen to suggest that maybe she's having like a like a dissociative, like traumatic flashback well, here. I honestly read it for the first three seconds as, oh, shit, this wine is drugged. It kind of plays that way. I don't think it is. I think we're supposed to more intuit that like she's remembering something, like she's or she's re- just deeply uncomfortable. Yeah, she should be. But like for some reason, it like it does a rack focus to like I think it's a record player that's playing. Yeah. I don't know why. Also, <laughs> I don't know what that has to do with the scene. That's that's very Ezra Slim or Ezra Ezra Fitz when she goes and grabs the flash drive out of his bag right next to his pack of Virginia Slims. Mm-hmm. Why is this dude smoking Virginia Slims? <laughs> I mean, that was the real detail that I think we needed to focus on there. Yeah. So anyways, she's like, Slims? she's seriously starting to like wig out here and she's like staring around. It's like, it's like we're getting her like perspective shots, you know, or it's like the kind of camera's wobbly and, and hazy and we're doing like the kind of like, you know, noise, you know, like roar on the soundtrack. It's like, oh, this is, this is too like, much. She can't handle it. Like, like we're going to find out that she's actually Tyler Durden. Yeah, and then so she just like gets up as he's like blathering away in the background. She goes and gets her coat, looks in the the trash can, sees Virginia Slims and a flash drive in the trash can. So she just like grabs it and leaves. Uh, and then he turns around and is like, "Huh, she just left." Um, which to me is like another one. I understand why she would just want to leave. This is, seems like another like opportunity for your pretty little liars to have to lie to get out of a situation, and instead yep. she just leaves the scene. Yeah. And it's like, oh, like there's there's not even an attempt to be like, oh, hey, I have to do this, have to do that or whatever. Yeah. Um, the show's not interested in our liars line, it seems like, for the most part. No, no, no. But but this guy, I had to say, like for the creepiest, one of the creepiest characters, he's 
making his presence known. He's putting his stamp on things. I kept waiting. He for him might to be even like, graduate from a chip to his actual name. Yeah. I, I kept waiting for him to be like, you probably saw the Virginia Slims. They're not mine. They're my mom's. Of course, we live together. Um, title card, bump, 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 Thursday. Real quick, the, the flash drive thing. Do we know, like, we've never seen the flash drive before, I don't believe. No. I don't believe, like, we saw, like, you no, know, no. If, if we happen to see it in, like, the second episode and it was, like, unique in some way where it's like, oh, yes, that is the flash drive. Like, whatever and then we the saw fucking it here. Jenna Caleb Exactly. So we yeah. saw it here. We go, oh, hey, that's the that's the drive. Instead, right. she just sees a flash drive. And I guess we're supposed to assume it's the flash drive. Later on, she'll have it and, like, give it to Noah to flush down the toilet. But she's like, are we sure that that is a flash drive? Have you looked at what's on it? Mm. You know. Because it's going to be episodes of his podcast. Yeah. You know, this guy's got a podcast. Mm-hmm. A Giallo um, podcast. Birds watch Giallo to you. Get a Giallo explain you. Um, it's yellow. Uh, yeah, and then it's, it's just your the typical song, funeral on a Thursday here. The theme song of the Giallo podcast is just Coldplay's Yellow, though. Mm-hmm. Um, so at the church, playing on funeral a Thursday. music. Thursday. A Thursday funeral. Karen's family's there. This 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 funeral's packed, too. Like, so is Allison's, but whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, Imogen's there. The mother starts wailing. I, just, I would just like to point out that like there's a big stained glass thing behind the, the pulpit and the coffin or whatever, and the light is letting in. And we cut to a reverse shot of the mother, and there's a backlight coming in from the window behind her, too. I'm sorry. The sun can only be shining in so many directions, people. You can't backlight every fucking shot of your show, you hacks. All right. Yeah. The uh, mother starts freaking out and wailing. And it's just like, it's just kind of gross. Like she's just, it's like completely over the top. And then like, she sees like Kelly tries to like get her out of there. And then like the mom sees Imogen and like wigs out and like casts some sort of like, like old world, like curse on her or something. Just, like, I put the hex on your child. Like <laughs> uh, just, just back to your point. The only really, really, really good thing that cinema sins ever did was when they would count the lamps in a scene. <laughs> yeah. Like in like Twilight, Bella would have like twenty five lamps in her room. God, I would yeah. love to watch Twilight right now instead of this. Oh, I would. I would even watch New Moon mm-hmm. over this. Um, so Tabby's room, the sinners are assembled. Like to Imogen told them what's happened, and Tabby's just like, "Hey, I've only made two film references so far. It, I got to say, that's awful. Like Pet Cemetery, awful." Bum 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 bum. Do you think Kelly uh, set you up? She, she looked seemed, as shook as I was. She seemed shook of. Uh, so Imogen offers to like take the fall and Tabby's like, we should all, I should also take the fall. And Mouse points out that none of them tried to stop them and like wink, wink, nudge, nudge to Noah and Farron who agree to be loyal. So Noah's just, so Noah says, I want the flash drive so I can flush it down the toilet. We don't actually see her do this, right? No, it's just, just weird that we're like, this is an important MacGuffin seemingly, but we're being very flippant with, you know, custody and like have you checked it do you know what's actually on it like it's just like they're not giving it the level of attention i feel like they should be yeah but also oh. whenever the, the the girls were at loggerheads and pll they were at pll they would never be guilted <laughs> into being friends with each other like supporting one another yeah. right yeah we also uh tabby's got to mention uh that's some hereditary level shit there beyond pet cemetery Oh, does she get a fourth one in there? Wow. Mm-hmm. But still, that's that's not like ding ding ding, like the nine or whatever that she had last time. So at the Beasley's, this frail maniac of a mother is like dropping a glass and like Kelly's cleaning it up. And like the sheriff comes in just like hitting the bourbon. He's like, he's like Eric Johnson. He's like, remember, remember when I was the fifty shades villain? 
I'm going to flex all those muscles. All of them. Yeah, he's got himself a whole fucking like pint of bourbon or whatever he's chugging. And he's just like, he's like mad that like they broke a glass or whatever. And he's just like, like rubbing her shoulder. And she was rich from us, Martha. Martha. Um, and then like Kelly, for some reason, is like all kind of like. Oh, I'm sure they feel awful, Dad. And he's just like, I'm going to ruin their lives and like send them to jail for their, you know, first, first, I'm going to get them expelled. Then I'm going to send them. I kind of feel like they would get expelled anyway. What the fuck do you care about the disciplinary committee? Which you know that the disciplinary committee is a bullshit device because it's not like we ever fucking see them. They took away your sister's life. We will take away theirs. You could you could not have the librarian character, as you mentioned, and you could have three extras of no dialogue behind a table, and that could be the disciplinary committee. And we're supposed to be so goddamn scared of them. All right. Anyway. I, I, I know this show hasn't earned it, but I have to do this dialogue here. Hmm. Tomorrow, they will be expelled. And after that, so help me, jail. They took away your sister's life. We will take away theirs. And by the time that I am through with them, they will all wish they were dead. And I guess Kelly, all five of those lying little bitches. And I guess Kelly here is just like, that seems extreme. So I'm going to go do him a solid or something. Well, first she's going to break a glass. Right. She, she, no, she picks up the bro- piece of broken glass and squeezes it and it is bleeding on the floor. And the camera like pans down and be like, yep, those are drops of blood on the floor. What does it mean? I don't know. So with each episode of this podcast, we're slouching closer and closer to hell itself. Mm-hmm. Last week, I made a comment about Hastings Dinner Theater, and you mm-hmm. said, never, never. Mm-hmm. Now, you've opened the door where people are going to be like, ooh, ooh, do more Sheriff Beasley voice, <laughs> in which I'll be breaking, I'll be breaking this glass in my hand, <laughs> blood run down my arm. Um, Maybe I should yeah. just do, like, the Batman voice for him, you know? Swear to me! Or what's the... I'm not wearing hockey pads! Yeah, yeah. Uh, anyway. So, title card, bum, 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 Friday. Uh, the sinner's in some smoky classroom with their parents. Corey tells them all to, like, keep their... <laughs> Every scene, like, the minute before they started shooting, somebody, like, ashed out their Virginia Slim. You know? <laughs> Brought to you by Virginia Slims. Yeah, they still make it. Uh, Corey tells them to keep their mouth shut, don't agree to anything. The principal comes in, and he's just like, yeah, disciplinary committee's been postponed until later. Kelly came in this morning and admitted that Karen was there to try to hurt Imogen. And that this appears to be a tragic but accidental death. So I still feel like they get expelled. Well, the committee's not looking for expulsion anymore. They're looking for either two weeks of suspension or four weeks of detention. Whatever. Uh, pizza. Uh, why, why even like? What is the option there? Why not just pick one? What? Wait, and I got to say, what is the benefit school- writing wise of saying it could be this or it could be that? Yeah, seriously. Well, and that the we'll get back to you. That's what mm. they say. The school would be all over the the movie theater thing. I think. Yeah, it seems like that guy should be in a little more hot water. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, they they would get expelled regardless. I feel like it's like, oh, so she died doing a prank on you. That's too bad for her. You're still expelled because you like did this, you know, out of school bullying thing. I'm just waiting for the fucking Image and Adams paper company here being like, hey, principal, what's your name? I don't need to deal with you. I just need to wait you out while the school board makes a little change. You know what I mean? Um, so at the pizza place, my God, this is like the fifth time we've gone to this pizza place this episode. Yeah, we're, we're going there a lot. We're going there a lot. So the four moms are getting pizza, talking about how one of them at least eaten. has a salad, you know? Yeah. Talking about having one of them hasn't eaten in like a, in a whole week. 
also where the fuck is my man zeke zeke was he there was, in the last scene he was in the classroom and they're just like fuck off zeke he's well, just like i mean i gotta I go know. work at the it's, mill it's friday yeah he probably had to take some time off work to go like attend this thing he's like i have to go I'm out back yeah. to my goddamn backbreaking job meanwhile the sinners are in that booth from episode two where they were watching the video originally apparently it used to be the mom's booth so you know Sharon the moms Neal's, are like oh it's just like us but younger and hot yeah Sharon Little says that someone sent Imogen a message and then they knew about Angela Waters. And Corey says that since none of the rest of them have gotten a fly or anything, this must have been a fluke. Meanwhile, the sinners. Why would you think that's a fluke? Yeah. Yeah. Why would that be a that's fluke? It's just kind of weird that this one chick died in the same exact way that this other girl died. And our friend in our group just committed suicide seemingly after getting this flyer. I'm sure it's not related or anything. Even if nobody knew. That you and I accidentally killed a sex worker at a stag party 20 years ago. Mm-hmm. Right? I mean, even if nobody knew that, because sure. no one's listening right now. Mm-hmm. If just a random flyer from, from somewhere in that weekend, like, blew onto your front door, would you be like, oh, fluke? I'd be like, they found me. I don't know how, but they found me. You would you would punch a hole in the wall, pull out the burn bag <laughs> that you've been, if you've been sitting on for, for years, and then you'd throw your phone and keys into the fire, right? Mm-hmm. Like, Yeah. Yeah, so the sinners, meanwhile, are like, well, maybe Kelly isn't a monster. They wonder if, like, it's over since they haven't heard from an A, I guess, in a week, literally a week. So Imogen looks over at her mom, at the moms, and she's like, guess what, guys? I'm thinking about my mom. <laughs> Thanks, Imogen. <laughs> that's, that's how I start every scene. I don't know what to say. I say I've been thinking about my mom. You're definitely not thinking about your mom as somebody who's a real person who's your mother who died a month ago. Yeah. No, because in that flashback we saw last week, they had a fucking cutout sign on their kitchen wall that said family. Mm-hmm. So you know the family ate there. Um, Think so, about my mom and how she killed herself right after she got that flyer. Yeah. So, Probably for me, she must have felt guilty about what happened to Angela Ars. See, here's a moment like there's a thing here where Tabby's like, oh, your mom went to visit that place. So she must have felt guilty too. There's something not telling us. And they kind of look over at all the moms. I really wanted like, Tabby to, or not Tabby or I guess any of them Imogen to be like a little girl detective or something and just be like look at them they know each other like look at the way they interact like it's yeah. clear they, they don't just know each other they knew each other you know like this yeah. is like a moment for your character to like be clever you know and like put some stuff together but no I I so thought you were going to say that the five sinners look over and then they notice that three booths down there's Zeke eating by himself hell yeah it's <laughs> just like watching the football game yeah Ask ask on the way or like can I get a refill? Yeah. Um, so Mouse gets home and plops down on her bed, and her mom's just like, Here's your laptop back. Here are all your devices back. No, Sorry. not all the devices. Yeah. Some of the devices. Hey, Apparently we get here's... this line about like, oh, I, I can't go through that again. I'm Whatever trying. That Kick that shit down the road. Yeah. I mean, PLO would at least like set up these things and like pay them off in the next episode. Well, you know, what I find bizarre about the construction of the show is that it seems like they want all the characters to be mysterious mm-hmm. instead of like them in a mysterious around plot them. line. Yeah. Yeah. Like yeah. why, why, you know, it's like, we didn't like watch four episodes and be like, what's going on with Arya? She's a mystery. I mean, she is, but you know, um, right, right. but it wasn't like, Oh, what is Hannah hiding from us? The show. Yeah. Like we we kind of knew their deals and the mystery was what was happening around them. I 
took a peek at the PLL Original Sin subreddit. Yeah, it's a disaster. I honestly think that some of the bots for the Snyder Cut were repurposed. There's a, there's strong pretend. strong bot vibes, I, especially when this uh, launched. Like there were just a lot of comments. Like the the night it like the first episodes dropped, and I'm just like I was getting a strong bot vibe there. Yeah. Um. So Farron's house. Corey's leaving. I guess I, I'm guessing Zeke and Corey are divorced or separated. Mm-hmm. Corey says that she still thinks the Farron should come to Pittsburgh, but whatever. The mom got. Her, her back into the dance class and back into the Swan Lake as the Black So there will be no consequences for anyone. It's weird how this episode sets it up as like, oh, things are going to happen to them based on the, you know, Karen dying. Like, it, there will be consequences. And then at the end of the episode, it's like, no consequences, I guess, except for Tabby's job at the movie theater. Well, she hasn't actually quit. That we know. But I mean, does she go back there now? It'd be weird. I, I, I don't know. I, 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 yeah. Well, do you have to have a scene where she interacts with mm-hmm. with movie theater chip? But like, obviously, Madame Geary was probably lying when she said that all the students are uncomfortable. But you can't throw out that line and not have the dance significant other, yeah, come up to her. Well, so, it's, it's pointless because we just we we back it off at the end of the episode. So why even? I don't know. It's like okay, whatever. Yeah. Yeah, so Imogen and Kelly are on the swings. Like they they bond over losing someone, and Imogen thanks her for telling the truth. What is going on in Kelly's brain? Why did she suddenly come clean about this? Does she care about Imogen, or is this a part of like a longer con she's playing? Speaking of which, she said that she 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 it was her idea to pull the Carrie prank, mm-hmm. which I really thought she was going to be like, oh, by the way, I'm Karen. But you can't say Carrie and Karen in the same sentence so mm-hmm. casually. And Clayton. But, yeah, but Kelly says it was her fault and she cries in Imogen's arm. Meanwhile, at Karen's grave, this is the most preposterous scene. The four sinners or five sinners are over the grave. There's is there already a tombstone? That's there, impossible. There's a mound. There might be a tombstone. There's yeah, like this was another just kind of a weird, like, oh, I guess they all got together and decided to pay their respects to Karen off screen. They decided to do this and now we're here. Yeah, um, and it's it's all outside, and once again, they're all being backlit by the sun, and it it like it's like kind of a harsh, unflattering light on our PLLs here. I don't know why the people making the show are like obsessed with making their actors not look their best, but um, hmm. go for it, I guess. Well, like, why would why would you do this? The four point five beautiful. They're people? just like, like backlighting sunlight. Let's see them split ins. Yeah, yeah. Um, so they all give Karen a goodbye message. Noah's is like, you threw a pretty good party. Yeah. Your party was lit. I mean, like, Farron is just like, uh, I didn't like you. Anyway, peace. I guess you shouldn't have died. I don't know. Mouse is like, I wish we could have found a way to, to coexist. And then, worst of all, a is in a van just watching them. <laughs> just kind of turn around like 20 yards away. Yeah. A's just watching them in a van. And then it's like, they're all just like standing there and they backlit shot and they just turn around. And they're just like, Oh God, that guy's just right there watching us. <laughs> I think is everyone else seeing what I'm seeing? Like, yeah, we're all seeing it. And then that's the end of the episode. You're like, okay. Even Jennifer Love Hewitt and I know what you did last summer would go march up to that van. So let me ask you this. Do you think in a week when we uh, force ourselves to watch episode four, when that episode picks up, are we going to be back in the same scene or is it just going to be like a different scene? And we're all just like, okay, I guess that was another random ending to your show that you didn't pay off. Well, so far the episodes have picked up exactly where the previous one ended, but how could you not pick up? Mm-hmm. 
like like honestly more so than karen's death like us picking up at the end of episode two of this episode how do you pick up I, I was expecting the guy to just drive away, but no, he's just there staring. So, like, he'll, what he'll, is the, what is the the next the rest of the scene? He will drive away, and then whoever whoever becomes my favorite character will be the one. Like, yeah, you better drive away, bitch. Or like, throw something at him, you know? Yeah, yeah. And then what? He's gonna go park that van at the school where he lives. It's <laughs> just bad. All right. Um, I don't know. I, my prediction is that we don't actually pick up there, that it's just going to pick up in a different scene because why not? Nothing else about the show makes sense. Maybe maybe it'll pick up with a Zoom call where they all recap to each other who are all there, what happened with the van. Oh, that reminds me. We didn't say who wrote and directed these episodes. The director is Maggie Kiley. And um, let me look up the writers here. Why don't you vamp for a while? Um, the show's bad, you guys. I don't, I don't, I don't know how to vamp on I top of this. just don't really like the way it's made it's made for a certain kind of like propulsive like rapid fire tropes you know it's like hey we've seen lots of tropes and here they are but it just feels incredibly shallow to me and like they don't really know what they're doing that's just it's my just, opinion if it's meant for young people then we're perpetuating a new genre of media unsavvy youth dare i say almost a tiktok generation fucking tiktokers man yeah michael grassy and evelyn ease are the writers so different writers different director so did i ask you in return is this the good one um no i i mean it's it's hard to say like which one of the three was the best maybe two i don't know i will say this for the ending of two while it is stupid, I don't mean I don't mean like the the Karen death, but like the the fucking a tag. Mm-hmm. At least there's a gravitas to that. At least it's something they happened. Yeah. they think they're taking a bow. They're not. They should be hitting their head on whatever they're bowing in front of. But like they think they're taking a bow. Anywho, you wanted to read that thing that email. Oh right, right. Let me find it here. So this is from Sarah. Her pitch for groovy little liars. Uh, it's free love movement of 1967 Rosewood, PA. The liars are attending Hollis College, which is still a women's college at this time. It has a brother school in Brookhaven and broadening their minds with classes and drugs. The head of Hollis's young conservatives club is a total narc who the four hate for different reasons and turns up dead. And so the, the four, you know, groovies as she calls them are the druggie, the feminist, the pacifist and the black Panther. They all kind of have their own, um, you know, things that they're into. Uh, Radley is still under construction right now. And uh, the passive Casa PLL who agree to come back play recurring town townies uh, college people who are their PLL parent characters grandparents. Excellent. Yeah. Like when Worf played his own grandfather. Hi, I'm a nerd. <laughs> I'm a huge nerd. I I yeah I I, I love it. Mm-hmm. Also, I I love the idea of us doing a because again we're bound our souls are bound like like I don't know something in hell to this this franchises sinks but like i love talking about the podcast but the four groovies mm-hmm. or back of our four groovies, groovies feels better than sinners at least yeah every time i hear sinners i either think of the show the sinner or uh or the dude taking her easy for all the sinners you know i would kill to see a sex worker stepping on eric johnson's fingernails would you would you really it just feels like he thinks he's in euphoria you know yeah yeah. Oh, yeah. He's just like my good buddy Eric Danes, really, really doing some stuff over there. 
It's an HBO show, right? And I'm like a corrupt cop who gets head from a teen. No, I got this. I totally know how to play this. <laughs> like, is he just filming like whole other monologues that like no one else has in their script? Mm-hmm. So they're not going to get aired anyway. Yeah. So um, the next episode, episode four, it has a dumb title. What was it? Uh, the female gaze, only male is in parentheses. I assume this is the one with the uh, that, that film scene they showed us from the preview. Mm. Oh, God. Lady Psycho, where she's like, I really want Tabby's like, I really want my film to be all about the, the female penetrating the male. Like, okay, show. What about the hidden cam footage of the boys? Oh, I'm sure we'll room? get back to it eventually. When is the show going to get back to those mm-hmm. dicks? Um, yeah. So Monday, August 18th or August 15th. Sorry, please, please, please send us your entries if you are entering. Yes, and if you'd like to support the podcast, you can do so by purchasing our books that we've written. My name is Trouble, and Trouble Always Finds Me. It's a series of books about a girl tech named Trouble. You can find out more information by going to mynameistrouble.com. Book three is coming very soon. The final draft is done. It just needs to be proofread. Off to the proofreader today. Yes. Um, When do we want to show people the covers? Are we? Can we do that? Not yet. No? Right, I'll talk to you after the pod. I'm, I don't know if I want to wait that long. I'm impatient, but we'll talk. We have the covers now, so that's nice. You just you just got big balls full of content that you want to shoot all over the internet. I mean, why not? We got to talk about this fucking show. Let's uh, let's let's drop episode four of the podcast. We'll have some winners. We'll have a cover. Mm-hmm. Make it about us a little bit. Sure. Don't feel good, maybe, but we'll feel good. Sounds good. Yeah. All right. Bye. Bye. Bye.